this is like a global theater issue, then we need to be talking about it on a much larger scale. <laughs> We are here with Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and welcome to episode 24 of Untamed Shrews Women Talk Theater, presented by the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. I'm Hannah. And I'm Dawn. And I'm Becky. Welcome to our December episode. It's a Shrews only episode today, so let's have a check in. What's new, Shrews? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just had quite the adventure getting on this Zoom. <laughs> It adds to our topic today, you know? <laughs> yes. I was thinking that the whole time we were like struggling. I was yeah. like, oh, let's just not do it then. <laughs> I feel so burned out about everything. I know. Yeah. Um, so we might sound a little different today. We'll see. Um, we're trying a new way of recording today. So forgive us if we sound different. <laughs> um, but let's see. I'm I'm good. Um, obviously, I'm still in New York. And if you hear, uh, you know, random screams or ambulances outside of my window, that's why. Again, as I'm sure you saw the title of this episode, it is our burnout episode. I'm definitely feeling tired and stressed. And I mean, I think that's normal for the holidays. Everything kind of ramps up for the holidays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the nap I'm going to take like in the new year, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, in the Bahamas, on the beach, yes, you're going to literally <laughs> thinking like maybe I should record live from the Bahamas, like for our January episode, that would be kind of fun. But yeah, I mean, I really don't have that many like days off left here in the city. So what days off I do have, I've been like, it's tough because obviously like I need to rest because it's so busy, but I have so few days left that I'm trying to like do things on my days off. So um, like yesterday, well, yesterday wasn't a day off, but in the morning I went and saw the Rockettes. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, like before the show, sadly. Yeah, so they had a they have an eleven o'clock show, which is kind of funny. But Cadence was supposed to go. It was Cadence's ticket, and she was going with our mutual friend Ty. But um, she got like a stomach bug, so she called me at like ten a.m. and she was like, "Hey," and I was also not having a great day. So bless her, I adore her so much. She's like, "I know you're not having a good day, and I'm not feeling super well." So do you want to go to the Rockettes? You have to leave in 15 minutes. And I was like, of course I want to go to the Rockettes. And so I like threw on clothes and like packed snacks for the day. Cause it was a work day. Um, and like ran to the Rockettes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been trying to like get in some, How was it? it was so fun. I mean, it was like Christmas on steroids. It was insane. <laughs> um, but it was lots of fun so yeah long story short I'm trying to squeeze in like a bunch of last minute New York slash like New York Christmas things so yeah just been like I saw the Rockefeller tree on Monday and just trying to like see some of those some of those very like stereotypical Christmas things but yeah I'm also just feeling exhausted thankfully since the last episode I'm no longer sick but I had like lingering symptoms for weeks. So yeah. our November episode, I had um, just like, you know, 
a cold or a flu. It wasn't COVID, not flu, like a cold or some sort of upper respiratory thing that just like stuck around for forever. And I like, after the fact, I ended up losing my voice and having to, yeah, deal with that. And so it was, it was a very tough few weeks for sure. So yeah, just tired, but good. How about you guys? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the upper respiratory thing, because I think I had the same thing um, two weeks ago, and I'm still, well, now I have a sinus infection, so I'm on antibiotics. I'm hoping it'll go away, but man, it's a brutal couple of weeks to be sick with a baby who's also not in daycare, because <laughs> you don't want him to be sick, but like, that was the great irony of, of my most recent sickness, is we pulled Blake out of Montessori school, so he would stop getting sick all the time, so we would stop getting sick all the time, and then I instantly got a terrible fever, like the kind where your body hurts so bad you can't sleep for like two days, and then it cleared up, went away, I felt better, but then I got a sinus infection, I got on antibiotics two days ago, and I'm feeling so much better, so yeah, but um, you know, we're just kind of, we're complicated together some childcare. We've got um, a couple of family members pitching in a couple of days a week, and then we're hiring someone for one day a week. So yeah, I'm trying to think about how other things have been. I mean, I suggested this topic just because, um, man, I, I just don't have any, I don't have any passion for theater anymore. I'm, I'm totally burned out. And that is an obsessive thought for me. So like, I know it's what we're going to talk about, but it's a lot of how I'm feeling because like, this is the, this was the great love of my life. This is the thing I was going to do since I was five years old. And so I just kind of like outside of being a mom, I just kind of kick around thinking like, who am I? Like, I like, what do I like doing? Um, Becky and I did some trapeze yesterday. Two hours of trapeze were awesome. My right arm still hurts so much from doing like so many, uh, whatever I was doing with Jess, the complicated catchers. I'm like, why did I do it on the left a few times? But I'm just, I'm, I'm really struggling. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically it for me. It all feels a little, I mean, it's winter. I really think seasonal, you know, mood disorder is a huge thing for me, Absolutely. but it makes my whole life feel gray. Like, mm-hmm everything just feels gray. So that's yeah. where I'm at right now. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll get more into it, but man, do I agree. <laughs> like where I'm at is the topic. So I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah, exactly. Becky, how are you doing? Well, before I go into that, I just wanted to say, and maybe this ties into the burnout conversation. Um, when I was down apprenticing in Florida, one of the stage managers there, she was like, no matter like how long the day is, like I always try to do something that is not work-related. So whether that's like working out or reading a book or going to see the Rockettes, like just so that like my day isn't focused on like these rehearsals or like or like this two-show day, you know? Like, so there's something else that I'm doing. So I woke up with like my voice. I don't know, I might sound different, but my voice was like, it was, a, I don't know, not like it was mm. a struggle to talk, but I was like, ooh, like my higher, um, like tones aren't there. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I took a COVID test. It came back negative. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, I'm not doing, I don't know. It's been a really rough past two weeks. Um, I think last month we talked about, I have surgery coming up and yeah, that's, um, that's just really hitting me. Um, It's looming. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just like the anticipation of it. The anticipation of it and also like, 
life after surgery. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, well, sending so much love. I wish I was there. Um, we miss you guys. We miss you too. Yeah, we do. No, I, I totally can see that, Becky. That's, there are these moments in it, in your life where, you know, your body will never be the same. You know, your mind will never be the same. You know, your heart will never be the same. Um, it's so interesting. And like, I think that I, I get really frustrated because a lot of people are like, you know, they'll post stuff about motherhood. I think it's, you know, similar in a lot of, in a lot of ways, obviously completely different in a lot of ways. So I'm not trying to equate this, but, um, but they'll post things where it's like, you know, you'll never be yourself again. So it's about, you know, loving this new you or whatever. And I like, fuck that. I want to be me again. Sorry. I said the F word. You complete me. I always just want to be like, like, like I, I, I do want to be me again. I don't, I hate all of those like yeah. peppy little sayings where it's like, you'll be, an, you're going to, you're not going to be the same, but you're going to find and love the new you. And I'm just like, screw it. I want to be me. Like, yeah, I want to be I was, me. <laughs> I was just starting to like really love the current me. Like, like <laughs> I currently am like, no, yeah. I've been on this journey. <laughs> like this is 30 years in the making. I don't want to like have to start over 30 years in. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think it's part of you know probably being a human but to me specifically I think it's part of being a woman yeah well I'm I'm sorry babe what what's something good that's that's going on how's how's work or trapeze or holiday yeah. stuff that's been fun I mean I I'm really I think I mentioned this to you Don yesterday like I'm really just trying to distract myself so that <laughs> Cause it's the moments where I stop and think about it. Yeah. That's when I lose it. Um, so I'm just really trying to be as like active and as, um, yeah, just like filling up my calendar, <laughs> you know, yeah. living a full life otherwise. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely sad that I'm not in Flagstaff because it's actually, we haven't gotten any snow here. <laughs> so every time you guys post about like this beautiful snow and you guys know, I don't love the cold. So for me to be missing the snow really <laughs> means that I miss home Yeah, <laughs> because I'm like Flagstaff is so pretty, which I mean, again, remember how I was like, I need to leave Flagstaff so that I miss Flagstaff. Yep. Well, my what? plan worked because <laughs> <laughs> I definitely miss Flagstaff. I just miss like, Oh my gosh. Anytime anyone posts like the beautiful mountains and the trees covered in snow, I'm like, all I've seen is dirty garbage. Like I miss my trees. <laughs> so I'm definitely missing flag stuff. And I bet it's still really cold in New York, right? So you're getting all the like worst parts of the cold without the best parts of the snow. Yeah. Exactly. I'm get. it's still freezing. Like with wind chill, it's like 25 degrees or 20 degrees um so it's still plenty cold I mean we got like some like frozen rain that like I think was technically snow like a week ago but it was like in the middle of the night and it didn't stick so it wasn't like I saw snow the next morning or anything yeah. okay well do we feel like we've checked in even though we kind of already have started to touch base on our topic yeah, yeah. okay well, obviously we are shrews only today, so we don't have a guest with us. Um, so we're going to be chatting about burnout today. Um, when we were talking about what we wanted to discuss, Dawn suggested this and like in all caps, I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. 
because at least for me, I've been feeling this since last December, Um, (laughs) you know, uh, and I especially started feeling it like this spring and summer, it got really bad, which is why I ultimately decided to take this contract because I needed a change of pace. I needed to change my surroundings to sort of be like, okay, is it me? Is it um, this specific show? Is it Flagstaff? Like what's going on? I need to change. Yeah, I need to change something in order to sort of like narrow it down. And I think long story short is it's me. It's, it's, it's personal. It's not just Flagstaff. It's not just individual shows. It's just like a worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Everyone is feeling it. And obviously the holidays are adding to it and it's post COVID. And I mean, I just noticed like as an arts administrator that like people are struggling handling things that we used to handle so easily. Like I used to handle busyness in a very different way. And like, I can't handle being busy in the same way I used to. And I think obviously like that's growing up and stuff too, getting older. I was going to say, like, I feel like it's a lot to do with like, I don't know when you're in your young twenties, I feel like I will put up or I did put up with a lot more and I stretched myself because that's what I thought being a theater artist meant. And I was like, everyone does this. This is paying your dues. And now I'm just like, no, these are like toxic systems and we're just expected to go along with it because nobody has said anything like not that nobody has said anything but like I just feel like like yes like I do agree like this burnout feels different than like other times and and I think that's in like in tandem with like growing up and like realizing that like oh like hey boundaries are really important and I can put them in place without a company like retaliating against me because these are like Uh, accommodate or these are like normal things to ask for like stuff like that yeah reasonable accommodations human necessary like human necessary what am I trying to say human necessities I was like what's really interesting to me is the intersection between that um and the pandemic but then also what I really struggle with and I'm just going to be super frank and I I think um I don't know how it's going to feel but the struggle between that and being a young broke theater company yeah. is so <clears throat> hard because I see actors standing up for m- deserving more, more time, more money, um, more support in other roles outside of acting. And I just, it's so hard for me because in their position, I want that. And then in my position, I'm like, we can't afford it. Yes. We can't make theater this way. One of, something that has stuck with me from like some uh, like Facebook group, that's specific, like a theater Facebook group um, is somebody, so in this Facebook group, like sometimes somebody will post something and if the pay isn't, um, if it's low pay, people will, will call this person out or call them in saying like, this isn't, like acceptable pay, blah, blah, blah. And like, yes, I totally understand that. But somebody like responded to one of those posts with theater happens at a bunch of different levels and Um, not every level is there. You've got the highest levels and you've got the lowest levels and there's 
everything in between. And it's so hard because it's like, yeah, you see, like you see both sides of these coins. Yes. We want to pay people. Yeah. If I had, I mean, I remember watching, I remember watching during the pandemic, a, um, uh, one of the films, I can't remember what it was. It was like the national theater or something, a film version of 12th night that they did. And they had this freaking rotating staircase (laughs) that like opened and closed and moved. And someone like rode a motor. And I was like, if someone would give me just the set budget from that show, I could pay all my actors a living wage for three years. But the truth is, is, you know, we're a small company. We, we don't have the money for that. I get it. And I, I think you're worth a million dollars more than we're paying you. Like, I, I think you're worth so much more than we're paying you, but what are like, what are we supposed to do? And it, it is making theater, it's making, it's making, making theater really hard, you know? And I, no, exactly. I, it's like, um, if I could hire four stage crew, I would, oh, because God. I don't want my actors to have to do oh. some of those side jobs. I don't want to do those side jobs. You don't want to do those side jobs. Yeah. And yeah, it's so true. It's like a, it's a level of like, I want people to stand up for themselves um, mm-hmm. because that's really important. And I've had to do that too. But once there has been something when someone does stand up for themselves, it's like, okay, great. Well, that means something else has to go. So that means we either need to do a smaller show or the set is not going to be as pretty or we have to do less performances or like something else has to go. The other struggle is even when we can afford it, even when it's budgeted, we don't get the people. So that's interesting too, is it's like the burnout's creeping into so many less. So then, but what are you going to do if you can't find the person Then it has to be me or it has to be Hannah and we're both so burned out and trying to stand up for ourselves. And I'm like right. nursing a baby. I'm not going to stage manage a play. Like, right. it's just, I, I'm like the cogs, the wheels of it, just the extent of it has me floored. Yeah. And it's across the board too. Like it's actors, it's managers, it's crew. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It's fine. Like last season and this season, it's just been hard or it just feels like it's been harder to hire. hire. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. People left the business during COVID. Like people became coders. (laughs) Like people became other things that pay them well. And then, or they got married or had a kid or moved like a lot. That's another big thing for Flagshake specifically is like, we lost a lot of our like go-to people over the last few years. They moved to Phoenix or they moved to Texas or they moved to New York or they moved away. And they were like kind of the person we relied on, you know, Yeah. And that was the one person we like knew and trusted could do the job. That's yeah. No, the like worldwide technician shortage has definitely been because honestly, Don, like main issues for us have been designers and technicians. Mm-hmm. Like we can find the actors usually. I mean, Raquel has to work hard to find them. But oh, she we works usually- hard. off to find them (laughs) usually we do find them though I mean it might be kind of late in the game or maybe it takes us a while but we usually do find them but the technicians have been harder and harder especially in Flagstaff because actors are willing to travel technicians are way less willing to travel um so it's like we can kind of 
you, we can usually find someone who's willing, if we can't find them in Flagstaff, we can usually find someone who's willing to relocate to Flagstaff for a couple weeks. But mm -hmm. finding a stage manager or a designer who can come is way less likely because there's just less of them. And again, a lot of them left the business because I think we talked about this, but stage managers have such amazing applicable skills to other jobs that many yeah. of the stage managers became other really good, like they got really good positions at other jobs. They became managers of other bigger companies that pay them really good, you know, pay them really well and give them benefits and, you know, give them space to live their lives and have hobbies. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't want this like episode to become just like a, you know, sad, 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 but, um, I mean, I definitely, we're all struggling and it's not just flag shakes. It's not just us as individuals. Like, you know, everyone in the theater world, I think is going through it. Like, so it's not just us. It's, you know, people I've met at Sta that are feeling it too. And we've mm -hmm. connected with other, you know, Shakespeare makers and they're also struggling. So, I mean, overall, is there anything we can do? Like, what can we do to combat, I guess, individual burnout, but like, what can we do to maybe attempt to, I mean, we can't solve this issue. I mean, at least not immediately. So what can yeah. we do? Um, because we want to love what we do. And if you remember the episode with Austin Titchener, he yeah. said, we don't do this for the money. We don't do this for the glory because we're not on the silver screen. We do this because we love it. So I remember this very distinctly. He said, if we don't love it anymore, we need to pivot. So if we don't love it anymore, and if we as individuals don't are having a struggle or the theater world is needs to pivot, like what can we do to well, love it again? And that's really, that's really one of the reasons I wanted to have this episode is because like, I'm really interested in what people have to say. Like, if you're listening and you have an idea of what we should be doing, because my, my thought has always been like more, the more brains, the better. And if this is like a global theater issue, then we need to be talking about it on a much larger scale because I'm out of ideas, right? Like you mentioned doing smaller shows. Well, we just did one of the smallest shows we've ever done. Yeah. And it was still a struggle. Right. It was still it was a struggle hard. to find technicians. It was still a struggle to find actors. Um, so it was like, well, you know, having a, having a small cast show didn't necessarily solve the problems any more than having a large cast show did. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I really am curious. I'm like, because I think, I think you're right, Hannah. And I think, you know, Becky has mentioned this too in this episode. This is bigger than Flag Shakes. Flag Shakes isn't unique in this post-pandemic struggle mm -hmm. to survive as a theater company. Audiences are burned out too. They're not coming to plays. Yeah. We had a huge boom in audience. Um, our first shows back from the pandemic, right? Those summer shows were the largest audiences we've yes. ever seen for mm -hmm. summer shows. And it was huge and it was exciting and I remember people were showing up at the front door and they were excited and they were clapping and they like couldn't wait to see a piece of theater again immediately it was like well no I don't really feel like going out tonight yeah I you know and I had thought like oh great everyone's watched all the Netflix there is to watch now they're gonna come see theater wow. and that was true for one season <laughs> and I you know I subscribed to a lot of like 
data arts and like that kind of like newsletters and and it's the same I'm seeing the same thing not just theater museums uh orchestras all kinds of arts are struggling and it's so sad to me too because I really feel like it's it's the way to heal right this is the way we come together we come together and we sit in a theater and we engage we come together and we look at a piece of art we listen to like we were so isolated during the pandemic. So if we're gonna heal that and create empathy again and create connection again, like I believe the arts is where we do it. No, totally. And I mean, this is- How do we keep making art? (laughs) Go ahead, Becky, I'm done. (laughs) So this is, I mean, this is, I guess, like something for an individual, not necessarily for like an organization as an entity, but I felt really burnt out after the West Side Story tour. Um, to the point where I was like, I don't know if I want to like continue with theater. And so I took some time and I like worked in a coffee shop for a couple months. And then I realized like, okay, I don't think it's that I don't want to do theater. It's that I, I would like to be doing more acting. And then I started doing more acting. And then from that, I felt like, okay, now I feel like I'm like, okay to step back into stage management. Cause I just felt so burnt out that I was like, I, I don't want to feel this way. <laughs> I was like, why would I willingly put myself into these positions or into these like feelings? Um, and like for me, taking that, taking a couple months off. And I mean, I guess it is like, I, I am privileged to say that, like I could take that time off from out of theater and like work at a coffee shop for a couple months, you know? Yeah. I don't know for me. I just, I need it to like, just completely take a step back and then figure out what my actual like wants were like, I guess, career-wise or theater-wise? No, I mean, absolutely agree. Like, I'll bring it up again. Like, this is why I'm here. It was like, I needed to step away to get like a larger picture of what I wanted and like, what am I looking at right now? Like, (laughs) what will actually make me happy? And so I think that's a great suggestion, Becky. It's like, when something, you know, in the words of Austin Titchener, when something isn't making you happy, like you need to pivot. So that doesn't mean leaving theater altogether, but maybe you're acting and acting isn't bringing you joy anymore. So maybe you do try administration because then you're still in the theater world, but maybe acting is what's making you stressed because acting is a constant loop of, you know, emotional challenges and auditions and rejections. And maybe theater is what brings you joy, but maybe acting won't bring you joy forever So yeah, maybe stage managing or yeah, arts admin or something like that, or maybe house managing, like maybe you just want to be in a theater and that's what brings you joy. Or maybe you are doing, yeah, like Becky's case, like I'm doing a lot of arts admin and I was doing a ton of arts admin, but I didn't feel like I was able to focus on my acting at all. So I was like, okay, Hannah, you need to focus on your acting and see if that's going to bring you more joy. So I think that's really good advice. And I mean, yeah, like, especially you and I, Becky, like, we are not married, no kids. So like, John's not necessarily able to just be like, well, I'm going to take off for a few months and like jet set around the world. And or like, you know, quit my job and start over like she has a baby to feed. But I think if you have the ability to maybe do something like that, maybe consider taking a sabbatical, maybe save up some money. And at least for me, the way I've always lived my life is kind of feast or famine. So when I'm making good money, 
I save all of it and I live very small so that when I'm not in a show, I can not feel like I have to like, oh my gosh, I need to be making money. Like I can take those weeks off or I can travel on those times between shows. So for me, that's work that obviously doesn't work for everybody, but I have found that if I do a show, I work a ton and I'm like really focused. I make money and then I save that money. And then between shows, I take that time to reset and rest and travel and visit friends. Um, I mean, obviously the pandemic changed everything (laughs) Um, on like an individual level. Like what can we do to combat burnout? Just like when you're in it, like when I'm doing a show where I'm doing five show days, I guess practical things for me are like, putting in the extra five minutes for future me is important. So like I come home and I'm really tired. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. But if I think about future me for five minutes to um, pack my lunch or take a shower, like at night, you know, like if I put in the thought for future me, I'm always happy because I've packed my bag. I like gave myself food. I showered, I did a quick load of laundry. Like I don't want to do it in the moment. And the moment I just want to like lay down and watch Netflix because I'm absolutely burnt out. But then Mm -hmm. the next morning I'm rushing because I have to head to a five show day and I don't have clean clothes and I didn't pack myself food. So then I'm hungry all day, you know, like, and it just is like this cycle. So I think like if you can do your best to like find a routine and like really focus on it and try to like I feel like it's um silly but like keep yourself hydrated rested and fed and (laughs) like move your body and like those are always the things that people suggest but it's because it's true like if you have gotten good rest and you are eating well and like moved your body that day like you will feel better and you want to just like be a lump and eat trash, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it doesn't make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not like solving the worldwide global issue, <laughs> but it does like at least make you feel better on a day-to-day basis. So that's something that I've been working on. And like, John, you were chatting about this last time, like a good sleep routine I mean, I have good nights and bad nights, but I really do try to like read before bed rather than looking at my phone. Because also sometimes when I look at my phone, I get caught in like, you know, the news media loop. And I see when before I go to bed, maybe I see something that upsets me or, you know, something like that. So it's like, I think obviously staying up to date is important, but I don't think you need to do that at 1130 PM when you're laying in bed, staring at your phone, like you can take that time for yourself. So I think like a good sleep routine and I don't know, just trying to choose some of those good habits, even though they can be really hard Yeah. to like create the routine. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to also like do things that are not work or theater related and also like people in your life who are not like just theater people <laughs> like that I mean it's very easy to just talk about theater like and that's just your whole life and like we're going through a lot of things and it's nice to like also take a break from 
doing that. And trust me, I love going to see theater and I love like having these deep intellectual conversations about like what I just saw. But sometimes like, I, I don't know, especially with like theater, like because it's a lot of like people who maybe are not from that location. So, and I think we talked about that before. So it's kind of like you have your built-in friends with the company when you're there for the show. But so it's like your common ground is theater. So it's just like, yeah, like you just are constantly talking about it and in it. And sometimes it's nice to just like have a hobby that is not like theater related or yeah, friends who are not um, in the business. Call your mom. Call your mom. <laughs> Cannot recommend enough. Call your mom. Unless you live with your mom. <laughs> your mom in Don's case. No, but seriously, like call your mom, call your sister, call your best friend who doesn't do theater. Like, yeah, like talk about something else. Like focus on your other hobbies, go for a hike. Um, yeah, read a book. Like sometimes you do get caught in this loop. And like, I mean, it can be tough when you're like in a show and the show is only four weeks long and you're like, I have to put my nose to the grindstone and I just have to get through. But yeah, sometimes it can be really nice. Like take an aerial class and I feel really anxious. Um, and I was like, actually, now that I think about it, like I haven't been to an aerial class in two months. And when I'm in Flagstaff, I go to like three or four a week. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's like a whole part of my routine and my life that I'm not doing. I mean, not only is it exercise, which is very important, but it's also like a thing that brings me great joy that is like only for me. It's for nobody else. It doesn't affect anybody else. It's just for funsies. Like my progress is only for me. It has nothing to do with anybody else. Like I'm not making money off of Ariel. Like this is just for fun and it just brings me joy. So like finding something that's outside of theater is important because I think that's another thing with theater is that theater is both our livelihoods and our hobbies. Like when someone asks, like, tell you, tell, tell me about yourself. It's always about theater, of course, but yeah, that's yeah. my job and my like great passion of life. And so keeping those, when those things are connected, that can be hard because you're like, oh, it's my hobby and my livelihood. So like, you need to remember that like your job, it doesn't define you. Like other things about you define you, your hobbies, your personality, your friendships, your relationships those are also like those define you as well. So making sure that you don't just find your identity in your job is important, which I didn't really do until, you know, the last few years, like once the pandemic hit, I had to be like, Oh, what are other things that I like? <laughs> no, totally. In college, um, to like two of my friends, we went to go get like haircuts and you know how like like the, a hairdresser will like yeah like they'll start chatting with you and all three of us like after the haircuts we like we're like yeah they asked what we did and I was like I do theater and they're like oh what are your hobbies and I'm like I do theater, theater. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it starts <laughs> all I do <laughs> yeah I mean to me it's yeah I mean I, I think that's all that's all well and good I think I'm like way past that point that's so that's what's hard for me is it's like to me this is about the institution it's about the fact that the audience isn't coming it's about the fact that we can't hire people it's about the you know what I mean like yeah. I think what's interesting for me is my passion started off as acting and then I realized what I was much better at actually 
is administration. It doesn't mean I like it better. I don't yeah. like it. Um, but I'm better at facilitating the making of a thing than I am doing it, I think. Um, and it, and it's really hard. You know, it's like, I still feel very passionate about trapeze, but obviously that that is my that is another part of my livelihood for me. Like I do make money that way. That is you like I managed to turn that passion into a job also. <laughs> um, and then I teach theater and it's it's hard for me to care about that anymore. I'm just kind of like, man, you know, yeah. students aren't as invested post pandemic. Um, I don't get to know them as well. They're usually on Zoom instead of in the classroom. I still give the option because I don't want anyone start showing up sick, you know. And if they're in the classroom, they're also usually still behind a screen. So it's like they're pretending to like take notes on their computer. <laughs> I don't know. So I, f I feel like the whole thing is broken, both personally and institutionally. And I'm trying to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. Or like, what is what? Why would I keep doing what I'm doing? You know, I'm really excited that Flag Shakes is doing a youth play next year. Mm -hmm. Like, I never saw myself as a TYA person, but now I have a kid, so obviously I'm more invested in that. But I'm like, I'm actually really excited about that. I'm yeah. really excited that we're gonna try to put on a play for kids. I just think there's a different like sense of wonder, a different engagement. Hundred percent. I'm excited to see like. Like, you know, I keep thinking about like, I might want to act in that one, you know, like, that's funny. I never saw myself wanting to be in children's theater since like the first time I did it in grad, you know, in undergrad. But now I'm like, well, maybe I would, you know, maybe that would be interesting to me. But I, yeah, it's just hard. I feel like I'm kind of, I'm fumbling about in this thing that I, I feel is still incredibly important for all the reasons I said before, empathy, com community connection, but is dying. Is it dying? I don't know if it's dying. I mean, I will say like kids are not interacting with theater in the same way anymore. Like, especially like youngins who basically were born into the pandemic. They only know screens. They don't know, like they don't know what theater is or what it's like and they've never experienced it. And I mean, I don't blame any parent, but you know, the only way a kid can be assuaged is like handing them a screen. And it's like, they just don't necessarily understand T like TY. I'm also afraid that TYA is going to go by the wayside too, because it's like, these kids are used to sitting on Zoom. They're used to not going to school. They're used to not interacting with other kids. They're used to not being involved. That's also a worry about like, just society in general. Um, it's like, but again, I think Hannah points, right? We can't let that go. We have to fix that. We have to change that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we've got to get them interacting with each other, you know, participating in live events. Like it makes it all the more important because they're stuck behind their screen so much of the time. This is a topic that is huge, obviously, and we want everyone's input. So if you're listening yes. to this topic, um, please reach out to us, give us your thoughts. Um, again, I hope that it doesn't sound like we're just complaining for an, for an hour, but it's definitely something that's been on our hearts for a while. And so maybe we have another burnout episode, but we want everyone to know that like the shrews and, and theater is still very important to us but we are also humans and you know we understand that everyone in the theater is kind of feeling this as well so yeah please please let us know what you're feeling and if you have ideas not only about like you know the the global issue but the smaller issues as well um 
And also if you're feeling this way, like we're sending you tons of love because we completely understand and we feel it too. So um, yeah, just sending love, especially during the holidays. Technically, this is our December like holiday episode. We didn't really, <laughs> we never really got to the whole like how holidays can lean into burnout too. But just know that like this is a hard time for a lot of people. Like the holidays are very merry, but they can also be very hard. So the shrews are sending you tons of love if you are feeling overwhelmed. Um, and just know that you can reach out to us, and we'd love to hear from you. But yeah. We love you. Thanks for listening. Dawn, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Dawn. And I'm Becky. And I'm Hannah. Join us next time in January for our two-year anniversary episode. Isn't that crazy? What? I know. Follow Untamed Shrews on our Instagram at Untamed Shrews Podcast and on the Flagshakes website. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on sunsounds.org and the Flagshakes YouTube. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, put us in your Instagram stories, donate at flagshakes.org slash donate, or DM us about becoming a podcast sponsor. Help support the Shrew crew. This episode of Untamed Shrews starring Don Tucker, Becky Zaritsky, and Hannah Fonts. Show art by Calliope Ludecker. Podcast theme song by Cadence Lamb. Podcast produced and edited by Hannah Fonts. Presented by Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival and recorded with Sun Sounds of Arizona. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Bethany Williams. Bye!